Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Jennifer English, editor-at-large of Food and Beverage Magazine, and I'm going to fangirl just a little bit right here at the opening of the show because we have one of the people who is doing the most in the world to really focus attention on both the global and the local, to do it in a way that makes us understand that we are all local and that we are all at one table and one family. Chef Richard Sandoval has operations in over 50 restaurants and he's expanding the influence of his cuisine where it's being welcomed literally all over the world. Yes, it's the big, bright, extraordinary flavors that he's become world renowned for, but it's the hospitality that welcoming to my table that he has done so expertly throughout his career that people from every culture respond. How can you explain, aside from the delicious and irresistible, that he understands what it means to welcome all to the table? He cooks for us all. And as he begins to look all around the world, as people all around the world embrace his idea of hospitality and cuisine, He's done something extraordinary. He's seen how the very local and the very global are in fact one and the same. And we all come from and rely on that same source for the, the beauty and the bounty of our table. And it's gonna be important for us to all begin to recognize this. I know a lot of people talk about it, but we haven't really embraced how we can help the bees. Vivas Abejas is a program that is bringing to light the idea that no matter where you are in the world, it is in fact the bees that give us the food. Well, the bees give the farmers and all of us the food, but I don't want to talk anymore because that's enough fangirling for me. I apologize, but you know, when I gush, I gush because this is something that's so important to talk about. And we're so fortunate to have Chef Richard Sandoval from Richard Sandoval Hospitality in the house today to talk about our friends, really the source of it all, the bees. Chef, it's such an honor to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I think as you said, I think, you know, um, the bees are a very, you know, important part of our ecosystem and, you know, you know, how ironic that, you know, you know, we're celebrating Earth Day and not that many people know that, you know, bees 
you know, over the last few years, you know, we, we've lost in a third of them. You know, they're they're dying. So if, if we don't react and we don't do something about it now, uh, you know, we could, you know, lose something that's very important to us. I think not many people know that, you know, through pollinization, for example, you know, avocados, you know, yield, you know, 350% more, you know, through pollinization than without it. You know, you get a, a, avocados that are, you know, denser, you know, 18%, you know, you know, better because of pollinization. So I think just like you said, I mean, it's it's very, very important. I think, you know, because of global globalization, you know, the world has, you know, come much closer. So what impacts us here, it impacts us in Dubai, it impacts us in Africa. So I think, you know, the world needs to come together to really, you know, understand these issues that, you know, we're having and, you know, be proactive. You know, us as a hospitality company, as you said, you know, in serving a lot of people at our restaurants, you know, we, you know, we play an important part of this. And that's why, you know, you know, myself and my team are always coming up with these campaigns that can, you know, you know, help our, you know, our world, you know, right now, again, like you said, you know, help the bees, um, you know, thrive. And through this, um, you know, campaign that we did, you know, we created all these special menus, you know, using, you know, you know, Poland, um, whether it's honey um, and other different uh, items. And we created these, you know, cocktails, um, some appetizers, some entrees. And, you know, every time we sell one of these, you know, we, we donate some money to, you know, to help with this, uh, with this program. Would you talk a little bit about your own journey and the food of your childhood that ignited this culinary passion in you? You know, you know, as a young kid, I, you know, I grew up in Mexico at my grandmother's house and, you know, everything in, you know, I would say most cultures, but, you know, more specifically in ours, I think everything evolves around food. Um, you know, I still remember you know, being at my grandmother's house and, you know, every Saturday and Sunday were big family reunions where, you know, my grandmother would cook, um, you know, we'd all sit at these big long tables and, you know, food would just keep coming, you know, for a few hours, you know, and she, she was, a you know, the matriarch of the family. So she'd sit at the head of the table, these big platters of food, and then she'd serve and then you know, get passed around the table. Um, you know, so that, that she had a great, you know, you know, big impact on me. I, I think, you know, God had a plan for me as a young kid because even though I didn't know I was going to be a chef, you know, my palate was starting, you know, to get formed. Um, you know, my grandfather was a banker, so he hosted a lot of parties at, at his home. So, you know, going back, you know, 40 years ago, you know, in Mexico, you, di you, you didn't see all these different cheeses, butters, and different ingredients, but him being a banker and having to entertain, he was hosting parties and importing a lot of these you know, different, you know, food items. And so, you know, as a, as a very young kid, I got to taste and kind of mold my palate to what, you know, would become my future career. And again, you know, even when we weren't hosting parties or my grandmother wasn't hosting parties, I'd sit in the kitchen, you know, with her cooks and, and kind of see, you know, the, the passion that went into, into food. And, you know, she had mostly women cooks. And I remember, you know, everything they were making, you know, they, they were tasting. So I'd be sitting there and they'd say, look, taste this, you know, taste that. It needs a little bit more of that. It needs a little bit more of this. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, in order to, you know, to cook great food, you have to cook with your palate. I think sometimes people take a recipe, you know, for what it is, but we need to understand that ingredients are constantly changing. So recipe is a guideline but you have to continuously be tasting what you're making because ingredients, you know, change and, um, and, 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 and the flavors, the acidics, you know, change. So again, I, I learned this so such an important thing is, you know, that 
to cook with my palate. And if you see at my kitchens with my chefs, you know, we always have tasting spoons around it and we're always tasting before anything, anything goes out. So I think she's probably the, you know, the biggest impact, you know, in my, in my culinary life, as far as at such a young age, I got introduced to all these different things and I saw the passion that went into, into her cooking. What was her name uh, and how do we honor her today? Her name was Maruka Sandoval. We call her Mayuka. Um, and yeah, she was, uh, was a wonderful lady. I want to take, and, and again, uh, what, what state in Mexico uh, are you from? She was, she was born in Tabasco. Um, and then, but she, but we, she actually lived in Mexico City. So we, we you know we were in Mexico City, you know, which is a melting pot of a lot of cuisines from around the country. Mexico City is one of the world's um, most sophisticated cuisine places and has as ancient a tradition as any place on the planet. Um, but I want to talk about, because everybody thinks of Mexico City, rightly so, as an urban center. How did you come to be aware of the importance of farms, farmers, and bees and the, and the integration of those things playing a role in what comes to our, to our table? Well, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, you know, over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I mean, I, I mean, actually throughout history, I mean, farmers are, 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 are our food line, right? I mean, they create everything that, 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 that we used, you know, to be able to serve at our restaurant. But I think more than anything, over the last 10, 15 years, you know, we, we started to realize, you know, how important it is to, you know, support, uh, you know, local communities, um, you know, local growers, uh, local farmers. Also, I mean, you know, seafood i mean you know you know we, we have to be you know have sustainability and be very conscious that you know if we don't support our local farmers and our local growers you know they go out of business and then you know slowly the food chain begins to transcend and, and it'll, it'll affect all of us um but i think you know me being a global company i, I very early realized that if I was opening a restaurant in Dubai, you know, I, I couldn't just fly everything from Mexico, right? I could not just bring all my chilies and everything. So what I typically would do is I, I'd look at a map and I, you know, kind of look at the different countries that were close to me and see what kind of, you know, chilies that we're using. And, you know, and so I would take that and then I would take these ingredients, um, you know, look at them, taste them and kind of try to align them to what, you know, the flavors in my cuisine were so again I, I, at that time to me again it was it was I was beginning to understand how important it was to you know to go local and not to be able to just you know fly everything. So again, if you you know the, if you start flying everything from everywhere, you know again there's there's a footprint. You know there's there's planes, there's there's gas. So so you're affecting you know the the, the, the whole you know system. Would you talk uh, for us uh, about the philosophy of flavor of your work as a chef, your cuisine. Can you talk about what your, I mean, I, I love the idea of how exciting it is and that there's so much vitality, but what's your flavor philosophy? You know, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, to me, the two most important things are, you know, are, you know, our visual, because obviously we eat with our eyes, correct? So we, right away, we look at something and if it looks very appealing, you know, we register that and then, you know, we, you know, we, we crave it, but then, and, and, and and par with that is, like you said, is, is flavor. Um, for me, you know, I'm, a, I'm very fortunate that I, you know, I'm Mexican. I cook with Latin ingredients, which are very bold, right? It's a very ethnic cuisine. 
so for me, it's, you know, the, the balances, the contrasts are, are super, super important. So I always like to take a dish and, you know, if I add some, you know, I look at chilies as, as an herb, as, a, as an accompaniment. I think a lot of people sometimes mistakenly say, well, chilies, you know, you're supposed to cook with them and then you're my, you're my, you know, the, the hotter, the better. You know, it's, that, that, that's not necessarily true because then, you, you know, you kill your taste buds and, 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 and it destroys your dish. So I think everything has to be looked as, as an enhancement in how it complements, you know, everything else on your dish. I mean, I look at, at, at a dish as, as a canvas. I'm almost in, in a, like if I'm doing a movie, right, there's, there's, the, main actor, there's the main actors and then there's, you know, the, the, the complementing actors. And I look at my protein. I always look, you know, how, how are these other ingredients going to play a main role within this picture? But again, making sure that they're, they're balanced, they're contrasting, and that you have nice and you have texture. So I think that, to me, those are the key elements to creating a great dish. We have a couple examples of dishes that you've created, and I'm going to put them up on screen. And maybe you could talk a little bit about this point. Um, Tony, if you could put those back up for us, those would be fantastic to have Chef talk us through. You know, you know, here I think it's, it's, a, it's a good... Um, Example: These are dishes from our, you know, Toro, uh, Toro restaurant, which originated in Dubai about ten years ago. And Toro, Toro, we call it Latin American, you know, kitchen without borders. And here you have, you know, a, a, a ceviche nike, you know, which is um, is a Peruvian with Japanese. So you know, you, you use a classic leche de tigre, and then you, you incorporate, you know, some ginger from from Japanese cuisine. You have a a sushi. A maki roll there again, you know, where we incorporate, you know, Latin America and Asia. So, you know, to make our kabayaki, again, we'll probably you know, incorporate, you know, some uh, some Latin, you know, ingredients to give it that Latin flair. In the middle, you have an anticucho. It looks like a chicken anticucho, where you know, with an aji amarillo aioli. Stunning. Yeah, and we we use an anticuchera sauce, which is a, a marination. Of a lot of chilies, spices, and herbs, which we typically, you know, marinate probably, you know, close to 24 hours, so they really impregnate, uh, you know, your protein. Fantastic. Uh, and then, yeah, I thought I thought this picture was stunning. It was. It's got all the marigolds from Dia de los Muertos. It was a dish that you showed us back in October when we were heading into autumn. But I thought it was just one of the most beautiful shots I'd seen in a long time. And I get a lot of food photography um, that crosses my desk. I really thought this was so lovely and so beautiful. I just want to compliment you on this. I really appreciate that. I think it's a good example here of how diverse you know, Latin cuisine is. I mean, here you have a stuffed uh, ancho chili, which is, you know, typically you, you would stuff, a, you know, a poblano, uh, roast it. Here it's a dried chili and it, and it just... The difference in flavor that you get, you know, is from using a dry to using a fresh is, is, is very unique. And, you know, again, I'm very fortunate, you know, as a, as a, you know, Mexican chef, you know, I get to work with so many ingredients, you know, so many different, you know, ingredients and flavors. And with those cocktails that you have paired with this, Tony, I want to just go back to the cocktails for one second. With the cocktails you have paired with this, one of the things you've done is you've articulated how essential the notion of pairing is would you talk a little bit about not maybe those specific cocktails but the idea of how important it is to pair with the dishes yeah i mean i i think you know we've i mean and you know we're seeing that today you know mixologists are just as important as chefs i think today the restaurant experience 
you know, maybe you know, 20, 30 years ago when I got started, it was, you know, mostly about the food, right? You know, we went to restaurants to eat. But I, I think today it's a lifestyle um, and mixology, you know, it's, it's just as important, you know, to, you know, to pair with it, whether it's wines or, or spirits. But again, I, I think our palates, you know, get an enhanced experience by complementing it with, you know, different cocktails, different spirits. And, you know, so we, we hire mixologists today to, yeah, to really complement, you know, our dishes and, and, and just make the, the hospitality experience, you know, reach a higher level. So post-COVID, everyone's talking about the fact that our industry has gone through a wholesale metamorphosis, a, a renaissance is coming. And 110,000 restaurants closed due to the consequences of COVID. And yet, as we look forward to food 3.0 and the future of food, there has never been a more exciting time to be in the food industry, the hospitality industry, the service industry. As somebody who has not only successfully emerged from the other side of the COVID, but clearly you have a blueprint for the future of food. I'm hoping, can you share with us some of the things from your blueprint about the future of food that you're actually really looking forward to? Yeah, I think, I think like you said, I mean, I think, you know, we all as, you know, restaurateurs, entrepreneurs, um, you know, went through yeah, through a renaissance. I mean, COVID destroyed our businesses. So we had to really, you know, dig deep and figure out, you know, how, you know, the, the industry was, 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 was going to change. Um, you know, obviously staffing became a huge, huge problem. Um, so labor wise, I think we all, I think we also had a responsibility to see how we could, uh, you know, make our restaurants, you know, more labor friendly. And what do I mean by that is that, you know, as we all know, I mean, in our industry, you know, it's very long hours, you know, when, when people are on vacation, we're typically the busiest. So, you know, we try to, we need to figure out how to, how to, you know, accommodate, you know, our, our, our employees and people that work with us to, to, you know, to make it friendlier for them and to really embrace our industry. I think we lost a lot of people during COVID and, you know, what we're seeing is a lot of them are not coming back. So we need to refocus and really understand yeah. what it's, you know, like you said, what Hospitality 3.0 will, will look like as far as, um, you know, our, our, our workforce. Um, I mean, like you said, the other, the other uh, challenge that we're seeing is, you know, typically restaurants had very large menus, right? You know, right. you know, we try to cater to everybody and, and, you know, give people options. I think through COVID, we realized that, you know, sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we all have limited, you know, created limited menus because of our staffing problems, you know, our, you know, our, our ingredients, our products. I mean, it was very challenging sometimes to get, you know, different things because of, you know, the chains kind of broke down through COVID. Um, so we, we, we learned to do more with less. So again, I think we're still trying to figure that out. Um, but I, like you said, I, I think there, there, there couldn't be a better time. I think we're going to see, you know, great growth. Um, but again, I think we have to be really careful and conscious about you know the you know the bees you know the su- sustainability i think that's that plays an integral part of what we are and what we do i think these new generations are very interested in understanding where their food is coming from you know what they're eating you know um you know the wellness aspect of it too is very very important i think you know we're all looking more towards you know organic you know ingredients again we all you know want to you know have a healthy lifestyle so i think to me i think those three things are you know you know critical to you know the the future of our industry as a globalist in our industry and one of our foremost um 
industry-wide mentors. I mean, you really impact a lot of people with your words and, and with what you do and what you accomplish um, with your successes and certainly with your ongoing development of both recipes and ideas. As an artist, as a hospitality arts artist, you, you're constantly innovating. And a lot of people look to you for that. Our 14 million readers a month at Food and Beverage Magazine look to us to make that connection. And when you come to us and say, we're seeing these trends across every one of our restaurants, wherever we are, having 50 restaurants gives you a very unique perspective. And so what kinds of words of encouragement in your role as our industry mentor can you share with all the readers of Food and Beverage Magazine who are all in the business alongside us? We're in it because we love it. We're not here to get rich. We're, this is who we are. This is what we're called to do. I mean, we know this. We're in service. It's a great privilege to be in service. It's a privilege to welcome you to my table. But we also have a duty to continue to nourish the next generation and inspire those we're serving alongside. In that, what advice or, or what inspiration or, or what words can you share about this moment in time? I think, you know, responsibility is a key word. I think, you know, we all have to be more conscious and responsible, you know, for what happens in the world today. So, you know, for the you know, future generations, I think, you know, being in the hospitality, which is, you know, food, which is our fuel as, as humans, I think we have, you know, to be, you know, responsibly conscious about, again, sustainability, uh, you know, local, um, you know, supporting our, you know, our, our communities. Um, but also, I mean, I, I invite, you know, these, you know, new generations are going to be entering the hospitality industry to understand, I mean, you know, hospitality does not mean just being hospitable. I mean, hospitality means going above and beyond, you know, and being gracious with people. I mean, a perfect example, um, you know, it might sound dumb, but, you know, when you're in a restaurant and someone says, you know, can you, you know, show me the bathroom? I mean, you know, ideally is, you know, here, follow me, you know, I'll guide you there. So I think, we, you know, hospitality goes above and beyond just being hospital. And I think for these, it's important for these new generations to understand. I mean, hospitality is about, you know, treating people well and, and really, you know, giving them a, a great experience. And, and, and again, I mean, I think, you know, passion. I mean, food is all about, you know, passion. You got to really you know, love it, um, you know, to be in it. You know, I like to say that, you know, this industry picks us, you know, we don't pick it because um, it, it is a tough, tough industry. But I think once you're in it, you know, it's it's, it's an absolutely, you know, beautiful um, industry. Um, you know, you get instant gratification by seeing people react to what, what you create, um, you know, what you're doing, you know, you, you get a, you know, immediate response. So again, I think it's a beautiful industry, um, you know, make, just make sure that, you know, we have the passion to, you know, continue to, you know, do what we do to, you know, continue to be evolving and, and helping our industry, you know, evolve through, again, sustainability, through, com through our local communities, through our local farmers, through our local growers. And with 60% of our food projected to be delivered to our homes by the end of the decade, the idea of the table touch or some of those more in-person welcoming gestures are going to get replaced by an entirely new series of behaviors and actions and gestures representing hospitality. Given that, what is the one most important element of hospitality that you would urge people to remember, no matter how food is being made and delivered to our homes? I think, um, 
again, I, I think the most important, you know, at least for me, is, you know, food is sharing, right? And I, I think, you know, food is family, food is culture. So I think now, and now even more, since we're going to be, like you said, you know, you know, having a lot more, um, how do you say, um, not integration, but, uh, you know, serving and eating a lot of our meals at home. Yeah. I think it's, 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 you know, it's very important that, you know, we understand that, you know, food is family, you know, food is culture and, you know, that, that food is who we are. I've been so honored to have you at my table today and to share this time with you. Please, if there was one thing you wanted us to go and read or discover, is there a website you want us to go to to learn more about where we're going next, about sustainability, about the Vivas Abejas? Um, what, where would you like us to, to direct the audience to learn more about this conversation that we're having about sustainability in the future? I mean, I, Richard I, I Sandoval style. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously, we're always doing stuff in our website, Richard Sandoval Hospitality. But I think also, I mean, just Googling no sustainability, you know, local community. I think there's a lot of great writers out there, you know, writing about all these, you know, different initiatives. And I think, you know, you know, knowledge is power, right? The more you know, the more you read, the more you understand, you know, the better you can represent and, you know, what you're doing and, and you know, how you stay relevant. And again, you know, for us, you know, we've been doing this for 20, over 20 years. We continue to grow. I mean, even even during COVID, you know, we were opening restaurants. But I think it's just important to understand, you know, to read, like you said, you know, read, you know, and, and, and you know, um, give your, your brain knowledge so you can be reactive and always stay current and relevant to what's happening in the world. Well, if I was going to feed my brain, if I could feed my brain Richard Sandoval, Richard Sandoval style, my brain would be very happy indeed. <laughs> I love, I love the idea of that. Before we let you go, we're heading to Tucson, Arizona, for the Agave Heritage Festival, which is a right. celebration of all the agave spirits. I can't think of many other cuisines in the world that are more agave spirit friendly to pair with than uh, Chef Richard Sandoval cuisine. What one or two dishes could you direct us to to really get the essence of the beauty of mezcals, which, to my mind, are the grand cru of agave spirits? Well, I mean, you know, obviously mezcal. I mean, it's 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 a very interesting spirit. I mean, you know, it's you know the smokiness you get out of it. So to me, it's a, it's a great spirit also to cook with because you know it has this really nice smokiness to it. I mean, I I typically like to you know drink it you know. If I have a margarita, you know, do a, do a mezcal float on top to, you know, to add that you know, next layer of flavor. So I think with cocktails, it is great. You know, um, you know, I actually have a couple of restaurants in, uh, in Scottsdale at the Fairmont, La Hacienda. You know, we do an amazing, you know, uh, smoked short rib, which we marinated, you know, some mezcal, some orange zest, lemon zest. Um, so, yeah, so I think we have a, an amazing short rib that we, you know, incorporate mezcal into it. Well... To get ready, I made a smoked cheesecake this past weekend, and I did it on the Traeger grill, and I paired the smoky cheesecake with, um, I literally went outside and I picked an orange off the tree, obviously washed it, dried it, and then I zested the orange on the top of the cheesecake before I served it, and then I supremed out a few of the sections. I put it back in the smoker for just two minutes just to let the orange relax. 
and to release some of its oils. It was superb. And I paired it with a terrific mezcal. That smoky sip and that smoky cheesecake at the end of the meal, it really kicked off what became one of the best sobre mesas of the year. And I just want to thank you for coming and sharing time at our table. I know that with hospitality, the industry is really looking for help across the board. If young people who are culinarians want to find out if there are opportunities in your universe, are you still looking for extraordinary professionals to join your organization? Absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we have a few restaurants opening. You know, the great thing about, you know, with, with, you know, with our company is that you know, not only do we have, you know, a lot of opportunities in the U.S., but you can also travel, you know, you know to foreign countries and experience different cultures. I always say for these younger generations, um, you know, the most important thing and a gift that I was given was the opportunity to, to, to look at different ingredients, to be able to travel and see different cultures. I think that really opens up, you know, your your mind to, you know, to different things. So yeah, yeah, we're obviously, yes, we are looking, you know, we have a project opening up in Marrakesh. We have a, another rest, uh, beach club opening in Athens. Um, so yes, absolutely. We're, we're looking for talent and, uh, you know, go into our website and, uh, yeah, please reach out to us. You know, love to have, you know, and mentor, you know, these you know, younger, you know, culinarians. Um, yeah, we're all about, you know, talent and, you know, our future is dependent on these you know, new generations. Well, we've gone a couple minutes over the time we were allotted, but I I beg your forgiveness for being slightly greedy to have these moments with you where we could do so much, I think, good for the kids in our industry who might not have a chance to meet you and be inspired by you the way I think um, the world needs you. And for the work that you do on behalf of the bees and the boys and the girls and the moms and the dads, all of us, I just want to say thank you so much for being here with us on Food and Beverage Magazine Live. Uh, thank you for having me, really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, thanks again. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold.